You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. And welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am your host, Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. How are you, sir? Fantastic. There's just no other way to be feeling knowing that football is so close. So, so, so it's around the corner, folks. I'm, I, I can't help but be excited. It literally is. And uh, the, what we wanted to do something a little bit different um it as well first we're we're dropping two shows within a a couple days span but this is sort of sort of planned um we wanted to uh, since the the game has um since the you know the preseason game has already finished with the with the red blacks we wanted to sort of talk to some of the players that we wanted to um before the actual rosters are announced etc etc um but we were something that we've been working on for quite a while a cliff is Mm -hmm. to get um get vernon adams jr on on the show with us and we were uh lucky enough to have him um oh wow in the bowels of the stadium as we talked to him <laughs> i don't know where else to go with that <laughs> <laughs> um but literally we were there talking to him uh, following uh following practice and um uh, he we we asked him a, a wide range of questions so um i don't know how else to, to lead into this uh into the special episode cliff you well, uh, as you said, this has been a, a long time coming. We've been wanting to sit down and talk with Vernon for a while. Uh, now, finally, the stars have aligned for us to be able to do so. And, yeah, I we, we spent a good little while with him after practice. And, uh, as you said, we, we covered a, a whole wide base of topics. And he, he really shared a lot of insight with us, which I definitely appreciated. And, folks, I think you're going to get to know this guy a little bit more. And, God willing, this is the guy that's going to – be a big part of this Alouette's team in 2019. And I'm sure we will find out over the next couple of days uh, since the, uh, since the, you know, since it's, it's coming up to the time for the cuts, especially since we finished the, uh, finished the, uh, the preseason, so to speak. Um, but uh, let, let's get to the interview and uh, we'll, we'll finish up the show when we get back. So with us right now, uh, we have uh, a gentleman who could very possibly be the starting quarterback for the 2019 Montreal Alouettes. He is number eight, Vernon Adams. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we want to talk a little bit about the last game. Um, we didn't get to see much of it, but we saw how your stats and how well you did. Um, how did you think you, you did first game of the year? Well, first preseason of the game uh, of the year. and Because uh, uh, you did pretty well, but uh, yourself, how do you think you did? I think I started off slow myself. Uh, came out first drive. Uh, first, first play was a handoff, then the second play I kind of got scrambled out and trying to make a play you know we were down about 20 or something and just threw it up for Malcolm Carter went over his head and interception you know what I'm saying but those type of plays that's kind of what happened you know over here at practice yeah. I just got to throw it away you know what I'm saying and those are the type of things uh Kavis and I'm sure Mike Sherman are looking for uh in their quarterback getting the ball away you know what I'm saying not taking too many chances and high risk you know maybe low reward you know what I'm saying you never yeah. know so you just gotta really be smart and learn to uh Play, play another play another down, you know what I'm saying? Um, we don't need to score on every single drive, and that's what I need to learn. I need to just move the ball, keep moving the ball. But after that, after the first two series, then we kind of start driving, like putting drives together, 70-yard drives, 80-yard drives. Yeah. 
and uh, moving the ball. So I got settled in uh, with some of those young guys, uh, a couple first-year players and stuff, and, you know, just, just we just got to have fun, all of us, like we do at practice. Are you finding the 2019 uh, training camp different than 2018? And if so, in what ways are they different? Um, yeah, it was. I guess it's different just because um, I'm number four right now, but I, I've never been number four. But, you know, it's, it's, it's good for me because I'm, I'm looking at it in a different perspective. I, I come to work, you know, I'm like, I need something. I, I need to prove something. I need to show these guys that I deserve to be here. And um, I'm a great energy, great attitude, and great leader on and off the field. So um, It's motivation. Yeah, definitely. Definitely motivation. So uh, it's, it's motivating me just to come and work even harder. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Make plays, and but not do, do too much, but do what I can, get the athletes the ball, and let them do the rest for us. Now, you talk about making the connection with the receivers. Obviously, there's certain guys we know what to expect out of, like Devere Posey, B.J. Cunningham, and that. Of the young guys that you've been working with, is there anyone to you that really stands out as far as someone who could we possibly see for the Alouettes in 2019? Definitely. Um, of course, uh, Jake, it's hard to say his last name. Winnicky? Winnicky, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jake, he's he's really stepped into that wide position, and um, he's been making crazy catches at all for all camp. So um, he's a big, big target in there. So he's a good you know, a good young player right there. And then, of course, you got uh, guys who I've been working with, Zach Parker, Dante Absher, and, like, Quan um, Bray. Those are some speedsters and different guys who I think who can, you know, make something shake in this offense if, if the opportunity is given. Um, if not, they can still be great backups and uh, help out. And there's a lot of other guys, too, who are sneaky good players, you know. So we just got to uh, – it's all about opportunity. But at this point, it's all about, you know, uh, alignment and assignment. I tell the guys every single day, at, we all know we can make plays, all of us. We were all once All-Americans, either at college or high school or whatever. Now it's about can you line up right and can you make the right read and the right route in the fourth quarter when it's 23-20 to 20 and it's a tight game and we're hot and sweaty and, and tired. It's all about alignment and assignment. So that's how guys are going to make the team. That's how I would make the team if I'm making my right reads and making the right throws and moving the ball. Oh, it's like you said before on you know during your when you were doing your drills today. You right you know right you just said that uh, you knew you made the wrong throw when you did on that last interception, and it's something that's sticking in your head. So it's something always to get better. You know, yes. it, it, unfortunately, camp is so short that. You have to get better immediately, right? Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Camp is so short and is is no time for mistakes. You just got to limit the mistakes. And mistakes are going to happen. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's going to happen, but you want to limit the mistakes and make smarter plays than, than that. Just throwing the ball away and punt. Defense get a stop. We'll come right back and watch the film. We'll be good. Yeah. So. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, let's talk about you actually being a football player. You started out in Eastern Washington, which seems to be a quarterback factory, especially in the CFL. You got guys like Bo Levi Mitchell, Mike Riley, Matt Nichols, and yourself. What is it about Eastern Washington that just produces CFL quality quarterbacks? Yeah, well, you know, Mike Riley, he, he went to Central Washington, but we were all coached by the same head coach, uh, right, Bo right. Baldwin. So we they call him the QB whisperer, the CFL QB whisperer, you know what I'm saying? Because all of us are up here, and I'm sure there'll be more after him, after, uh, you know, these next coming years. But it's, uh, I don't know. I really don't know what it is, but we're just, I know all of us are playmakers, Bo, Mike, Matt, and myself. We all are, you know what I'm saying? So um, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's a fun thing that everybody thinks that, you know, that's the QB uh, factory over there. So, you know, we just get it going. What was your off season like? It was good. Um, it was a little tough, you know, 
at first, you know, no CBA and stuff, but, you know, we all had to go through it and we all had to find our ways to cope with it and, and get, get by and get jobs or whatever and trying to work out and maintain everything, family, yeah. kids and stuff like that. But it was good. Um, I went on a couple of trips um, to Hawaii and, and California and stuff like that with the family and um, trained every, every day through a lot. So uh, I had a pretty good off season. Nothing, you know, Cliff, nothing like being in Hawaii and being able to just throw the football around. You're killing me, dude. You're oh, yeah. killing me, man. <laughs> oh, man, it was awesome in Hawaii, too. Like, it was, I would wake up, like, uh, just uh, 1 o'clock, use the restroom or something, and go outside on the on the patio, and it's hot. It's hot yeah. outside. Like, so it, it was so nice. Uh, it was nice out there, the water and everything. It was fun. Good time. Is it the first time you've gone through the uh, a CBA process? Yes, that was my first time going through that, um, and it was it was interesting. And you know, everybody had their all their their opinions and stuff like that about the ratio and money and blah blah blah. And I'm not I wasn't the most educated on it, but you know, I have my opinion too. But you know, it was it was tough, but everybody got through it, and I'm glad they got a deal done. Now, I, I mean, I, I mean, I've been in a union for God, I think for 10 years. I mean, would you consider yourself before you were in the players' union? Would you have considered yourself a union guy, or is it something that you had to learn? I think you got to learn. You have to learn yeah. a, a year or two. You know what I'm saying, and learn everything what's going on. Talk to some of the guys who are in it actually, who really know what's going on. Atakulu, John Bowman, Boule, mm-hmm. those type of guys. You know, talk to them, and they can really help you out and and see where it goes. Yeah. Now, when it comes to being a part of the CBA, do you find that it favors more the Canadian players, or do you still think there's plenty of advantages for American-born players such as yourself? I think it's pretty even. You know, I think it's pretty fair, um, especially with this new deal. There's uh, a lot of American players who got a lot of good things coming our ways, and so did the Canadian players. You know what I'm saying? So, I think it's good, and even the global players. You know, so I think it's good, and I think it was a good deal, and we appreciate those guys who are going to bat for us and uh, helping us get our money and get a deal done and make sure it's the 2019 season. I'm sure you also, from one of the things I took away from the C- new CBA was uh, specifically now, you know, any of your teammates, whether it be here with the Owls or, or within the CFL family, if they happen to get hurt, there's now a three-year, uh, the league now takes care of the players for three years just rather than for the for the one year. Does it, uh, does it help your mind knowing that if something happens, whether it be to you or to one of your teammates, they will be covered by the league? I think that's huge um, because guys like, you know, um, uh, White. Jonathan, well, Jonathan or, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Mitchell, White, Mitchell White from last yeah. year, you know what I'm saying? Those type of guys, like, it just it sucks. You know, when you see someone in, like, they've been playing football their whole life and, and you know, and but now it's awesome, you know, that they can do that for the next three years, at least take care of you and get those surgeries done. And, you know, because that's a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? And, it, yeah. and it's tough. And it is, and we're out here sacrificing and um, putting, our, putting our bodies on the line and coming to work every single day and just, you know, so I feel like we, we earned that, you know, being a professional football team, everybody in the CFL, and yeah, I'm glad they got it done. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about now you, your journey into the CFL. You come in from Oregon, there's a lot of hype surrounding you, your rights are actually owned by the BC Lions, and then Montreal trades to get you. Talk to me about your first experience coming to Canada and being a part of the CFL. Right. Shout out Jim Pop because he's the one who uh, traded for me and got me over here. Um, you know, it was tough when I first got over here coming from a big school like Oregon and I'm like, I'm going to the CFL. I'm like, okay, I'm going to come over here and be the starter. Like, this is nothing. This is this is just Canadian football. Like, I'm just going to come over here. And, and But when I got over here, it was a uh, woo. It was completely different. Like, the ball is my first time feeling that type of ball. Couldn't throw the ball. 
the field was so much wider and, and longer and, and those three downs go quick. You go one, two, and I'm not still on the field. No, come on, we're punting. Get off the field. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's tough. It's definitely a game as a quarterback. You have to learn. You have to sit and pay your dues and learn. Watch film. Um, you can't just come up here and think you're going to have it just like that and just not study and then show up on game day and think you're going to do good. Like, no, it, it's not that type of game. Like, you have to put in the dues. You have to watch film. You have to get chemistry with the guys, learn each of the routes. The defenses are different up here. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's tough. And it took me at least, like, two, three years to really get it down. I really feel like this year I'm molding into more of a CFL quarterback, more sitting in the pocket a little bit longer, seeing my reads, seeing the field differently. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different game, definitely. Humbling? Was it very humbling? Very humbling, very humbling because I was almost ready to quit and retire because I just – I didn't think I can play, make it up here. And I was behind Kevin Glenn and Rakeem Cato, and I just – I didn't. I didn't think I was going to make it, and then to those last three games, and I kind of figured out a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. Now let's talk about those last three games because I definitely do remember that. Every, as you said, Kevin Glenn, Rakeem Cato, and then Jacques Chaplin takes over as head coach and basically puts you, basically throws in, into the fire. Talk about playing that first game in Regina. I remember it was a rain-soaked game. Uh, again, the team really had nothing to lose at that point. So you just go out there and you sling it. And just talk to us about that experience, that first starting experience. Right. That was a. It was a very rainy game. It rained the whole game. Uh, so that was a, that was a first for me. And like you said, we had nothing to lose. So I was just thinking, hey, I'm just going to get the athletes the ball, let them make plays, and try not to do too much, but make a few plays here and there, a duck and chuck to Nick Lewis, and um, a few plays on my legs. But uh, I was just trying to just just get a win. You know what I'm saying? We hadn't won, I think, one or we hadn't won like two games in a row that whole season. So it was like we just need to get a win right here. Then, then next week when Calgary came over here, we're like, okay, we just need to get a win. I, I played the whole first half, then I got hurt. Um, and then Rakeem Cato finished us off, but we had won that game. And then we went to Hamilton for the last one. Uh, we won that game at 38 or 32 to 20 or something like that. Um, so that was a good game too. So, And I felt more comfortable in that third game. The first two games I played, I was kind of just running around, chicken with my head cut off, you know what I'm saying? And then the last one, I was like, okay, now I could be more comfortable. Ended up throwing three touchdowns and a few yards. So it was, it was good. Well, well, I think what fans, and you'd be able to give the, the, the best example because you've done it, there's a huge difference between actually uh, taking snaps at practice than there is during game time. I mean, it, it, it's, it's completely different, isn't it? Definitely, because in practice, we're not getting hit at quarterback. Uh, guys will come up and pull up, and, and then we throw it, and we say, oh, we would have got it off, we would have got it off. But in the game, you never really know because mm -hmm. a dude's coming full speed. So, you know, it, it's getting those reps with the first team and going uh, fast, you know what I'm saying, uh, is – it's close to game speed, but when the game comes, is you just got to speed it up just a half more second yeah. because everything else is just coming fast. Guys are really trying to come take the quarterbacks out. So one of the, the biggest news stories during the offseason has been the, I guess we could say, the instability of the Alouette's ownership group. I know you uh, were here with the Wet and Alls, and, and as a longtime season ticket holder that I am, I mean, for 23 years I've been a season ticket holder, all it's been for me has been the Wet and Alls. I wanted to know, what is your thought? Do you have any memories or anything you can say about the Wet and Alls since they're, since they're no longer the owners of the Alouettes? Right. I mean... I just really want to thank them. You know, they um, really my first opportunity at pro football, you know, and and it was Jim Pop, but it was them, too. You know, they're they're paying us. So, you know, I just really want to thank them for all they've done. Those the great cups, 
day one and, and, and everything. Um, I just remember uh, Bob just being in the Mr. Bob Wettenhall used to be in the locker room at halftime, and sometimes after the game he'll say some words to us and stuff like that. He's a soft-spoken guy, but, uh, man, just a wonderful guy, always smiling. He always came up to me and shook my hand and stuff, and I would tell him thank you. So um, just really appreciate him and his son for all they've done. Okay. Uh, now i got to ask about this, kind of the elephant in the room a little bit. You've had to, unfortunately, play second banana to Johnny Manziel not once but twice in 2018. How do you get past that mental block knowing, let's be honest, you're dedicated to the CFL. You want to be here. Johnny, I'm, I'm really sorry. I never got the impression he wanted to be here. How do you get past that knowing full well that the team is going to invest everything in Manziel and you're sort of, I don't want to say necessarily cast aside, but just you're not the priority that you should be. Yeah, um, you know, you just got to still come to work every single day. Me, I live thousands of miles away from my family. I'm from the West Coast, so if I was going to be out here and just complaining about what's going on and da, 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 just being mad about, you know, who's getting the starting reps or whatever, I would be in a depressed spot. I'll be in a very low spot because, you know, and I feel like I just, I, there's no need for that. I just come to work, have fun, whatever I'm going through. As soon as I come through that door, it stays at the door. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm here, I'm locked in, laser focused for football, learning like I'm the starter. If I'm not, I'm I'm helping the young guys out. I'm, I'm doing scout team stuff for other guys, you know. So I just got to stay locked in because I always know this, this is a long season. This is a long season and, and guys are going to get opportunity. And for me, I just need to be ready when I get that opportunity. And that's all. I just always stayed ready. And um, yeah, just going hard, really. Wait, sir, when you re-signed in Montreal, was it in your mind that this is definitely going to be my team? It's just a matter of time, or was it just I know what I know what to expect here, and I'm just going to ride it out and hope for the best? That's what it was. Uh, I, I knew I knew what I was going to expect, and I was like, I'm going to ride it out. I'm a compete for the starting spot, you know, and I'm I'm gonna work hard and I'm gonna push guys to be the best they can be. If I get it awesome if not i'm still gonna do the same stuff i've been doing i'm put the pressure on every quarterback and make sure hey we're gonna work hard together we're gonna get this um but when i resigned, i knew you know it wasn't my team because we still had johnny and um, um you know they they really like pip here so you know is i knew i was gonna come in and either be a backup and but i that veteran backup to help out and know I could come in and help win a game if they, if need be. But like I said, if, if I'm ever named a starter and that's it, then hey, I'm gonna not look back and I'm gonna keep going. One thing we have noticed after seeing you on the field as much as we have is that um, you're always a very a positive influence, especially on the sidelines. And we're, well, I mean, even though you may have been a healthy scratch or you've been placed on, on the you know on the one or three game or whatever uh, you know injured list. Um, you were always a positive uh, influence on the sidelines. You were a cheerleader. It, it's how uh, I just watch you and I'm like, the man just wants to play, but yet he's also there to support everybody. I mean, how, how do you have such a, a, a good outlook towards everything? Like I said before, it's like I, I can't be out here being depressed and being mad about me not playing or me not dressing. Um, I mean... I just want to see smiles on everybody's faces, no matter what's going on. Because when everybody's mad at each other because we're losing and we're cussing each other out on the sideline, that's not going to help anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? We need to stay positive. Hey, 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 next play, next play. Let's forget about that. Watch the film on the iPad. Let's forget about next play. Let's go. And then with the kids and fans and stuff. And 
I remember when I was a fan watching USC, UCLA, and Reggie Bush came up to me, and I'm like, oh, like, that's Reggie Bush, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So these kids, I see the same look. I'm not a Reggie Bush figure, but I see the same look. So I play catch with the fans and the kids and stuff like that, and just, you know, that's the least I can do. They're paying to come, you know, watch us play and, um, you know, so I just I just want to always be happy and not get down. Because once I get down on myself, which I was at one point my rookie year, when I first came out here, I was ready to quit. I was ready to leave. Yeah. I was telling my mom every day, like, I'm coming home. Like, she's telling me, stick it out. Just stick it out. Just keep that good energy. And uh, so it was, it was I just I just got to come out here, have fun, good energy, smile, and live my life. Right. So you shout out to moms. You, know, you, gotta, you don't listen to mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Believe me, there's lots of guys on this team. They're, they're mothers. They, they follow us. They they want us to keep tabs on their kids, and they want us to know that. You tell our boys, they got to work hard. And yeah. That, that just proves it right definitely, there. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Second time around in Montreal, what have you noticed within not just the team itself, but also like the city as far as your experience coming up here and spending six months out of the year here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, second time in Montreal, my first time in Montreal was more, you know, out in the city and, and having good times and uh, not really as locked in, not 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 really a, a real professional. You know, this time around, I came back and I said, I'm not going to be going out. I'm not going to be doing all this crazy stuff. Let me just lock in, laser focus and just try to win me a starting spot and, and just go go about my business. And so. Like I said, this time around, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm doing my thing. I'm knowing my reads and stuff like that. And But the city's great. You know, you could get in trouble in this city. This city, uh, they call this the East Coast Vegas. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm staying out the way and uh, I'm just trying to stay locked in. I'm trying to make this team, man. I don't I don't know, you know, what, what everybody's thinking. You never know what, what people are thinking about you or not. So I'm just really just trying to make this team and, and be a leader and just help however I can. What do you uh, what do you usually do in your your downtime? I, I know you said you're trying you're, you're laser focused on on get you know on the season and, and being a uh, being you know hopefully becoming the starting quarterback. But what do you do in your downtime? Yeah, like during the season on my downtime day off, I like to get one of those rent those rental bikes you can yeah. just rent and just ride down Old Port and just at the water or whatever. Go to Boda Boda on the off day and get massage and chill and sauna and stuff like that. Um, I play a little bit of Xbox. Um, Madden and uh, yeah, that's it really. And I really just hang out, FaceTime my girl all the time, and that's it really. Any guilty pleasures? Nah, uh, <laughs> no. Nah. That you want to admit? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not really. No. I'm just really just hanging out. Yeah. All right. Uh, talk about the food scene here in Montreal. Uh, as as a player, what what are your go-to places for just whether it's uh, being healthy, trying to stay in shape and all that, or just like Tim said, guilty pleasure. Like it's your cheat day. I gotta get this in. Oh my gosh, it's so many great. Pla- that's that's one of the great things about Montreal. Like one of many great things is like it's so diverse and, and cultural. You got all these different cultures with different foods, different places. You know, Chinatown. You got your Jamaican food and and uh, Japanese. You got everything. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I really like this place called Biru. It's a Japanese place. Uh, Got really good beef ribs, and uh, this other place called Lloydie's. It's a Caribbean type food. Uh, that's that's one of my go-to's right there. But um, it's it's so many places. There's so many places out here. I'm sure you guys already yeah. know. But so that that's one of the great things about this. We, we ask every player that, uh, that we have on the podcast, speci- uh, specifically this question: Have you ever tried poutine? And if you have, do you like it? 
uh, I don't like poutine. I'm sorry. Oh, I tried it, but the first time it's crazy because the first time I tried it. I tried it at Five Guys, and okay. they're like, you oh. can't yeah, try it at, yeah, I said, it, it, my friend guys. said it, you can't try it at, like, McDonald's, you have to try it at yeah. an actual yeah. place, you know what I'm saying, so I went to, I think it's called Poutineville, yeah, or, Poutine okay. yeah, so I went there, and I just still, on the gravy, and the cheese, and the fries, it doesn't really mix for me, so, yeah, I'm not, I, I'll eat it, but I'm not really, <laughs> that's not one thing I'll say, hey, let's get up and go get poutine, you know what I'm saying, so, but I'll go with my guys, like, some of the guys on the team, like, BJ Cunningham, he loves, he loves poutine, so it's like, if we go, like, hey, let's go, all right, come on, let's just go get it, and yeah. if we get it, yeah. Uh, take us home. All right, well, listen, Vernon, I mean, we've seen you progress from, like I said, that, that young kid coming up here for the first time. You're now a veteran, which is, to me, a little bit unbelievable. Like, you've been through it all here in the Canadian Football League. Uh, is there anything... I mean, obviously, Grey Cup is the goal. There's no question that's the goal. But you personally, is there a particular goal that you're set for yourself for 2019 and beyond? Yeah, I have a whole list of 2019 goals. Um, of course, the first one is to become a starter. You know what I'm saying? Become a starter of this team. Um and just lead this team, you know, and get get my coaches trust and 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 the GM's trust. Like even if and even if I don't start, like whoever starts, you know, like we gotta let that guy go for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? If he loses a game, hey, okay, let's watch it and let's come back. Like it can't be like you know. I'm not saying it can't be. I just it's hard for a quarterback to get his rhythm and his mojo if he's thinking, okay, if I lose this game, then the next quarterback's in. You know what I'm saying? So it's just. Whoever they go with, that's my number one goal. I want to win the starting spot, and I want to lead this team, and I want to, you know, like you said, get to the playoffs and win a great cup, bring it back to Montreal. And stop, you know, for the last few years, Montreal's kind of been the laughing stock of the CFL, and it's just like I'm tired of that. You know, we got some new guys, some big free agent signings this offseason who are real leaders. Like, I've been here for pretty much my whole career. You know what I'm saying? I've been traded in now, but I've pretty much been here, and I've seen – guys come in and they just go with the motion they're just like oh yeah we're just montreal boom boom boom. well we'll go out and party and we'll lose and party and lose and party like but we got guys like devere posey coming in uh taylor lawford like uh, uh patrick levels coming in like demanding respect demanding guys to work hard stuff like that like we need that stuff you know what i'm saying and i love that and now that everybody's buying in i really think that this team could be really good this year you know what i'm saying and uh yeah so i really want to earn the starting spot and and if not y'all still gonna see the great energy that i have the positive attitude and uh cheering my teammate teammates on um one last thing uh, if there are any fans who are on the fence about coming out to see the alouettes this year what can you say to them to say listen to, that, that basically say you need to show up Hey, we got some playmakers. Like I said, we signed some guys in free agency. Our back end on the DBs, they're looking nice. They're looking really nice back there. None of them played last week, but I think they'll all be out there this week, so you guys will see. But, uh, man, and then the receivers, like I said, Jake's showing up good. BJ's BJ. Depot, that's another threat out there. Geno's going up, grabbing stuff. Hey, so <laughs> I think it's going to be a fun year. I think uh, we can really get eight-plus eight wins for sure. Well, uh, we greatly appreciate your time, and uh, all the best in 2019. Guys, thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man. Well, I can say, Cliff, that, you know, it was well worth the wait. Uh, I I mean, it really was a while. We've been been trying to plan this thing for at least six months. Um, And it's, it's, I thought, you know, we learned a lot from, first and foremost, really weird just standing in the bowels of uh, Percival Molson and just 
talking with the guy that we hope is you know one of the one of the newest and the future starting quarterback for the uh, for the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, it was not your typical interview. I know, folks, For if you don't know how we normally do our interviews, it's definitely over the phone uh, through Skype. This was our first actual, I don't want to say sit-down interview because we didn't actually yeah, sit we down for this one. the entire time. <laughs> but this was the first, I guess, in-person interview that we've done here on the flight deck. And I, I was really happy. Uh, like I said, Vernon is just an incredibly gracious and outstanding individual to be able to sit and talk with us for a good while. I, mean, I know he's got so much on his mind at that point, uh, just trying to get through camp and trying to make this team and be a part of this. And for him to sit down or again, stand up and, and spend some time with us. Uh, I, I can't thank him enough. Uh, folks, if you're not on the Vernon Adams bandwagon, there's still plenty of room. There's still lots of time. Get on board. You know, this kid is going places, whether it's going to be here in Montreal or God forbid the Alouettes lose their mind and cut him this coming weekend. Uh, I mean, there's no question about it. Vernon Adams is a superstar. He belongs on this football team. He belongs on anybody's football team. Mm-hmm. And again, I just can't say enough good things about him. And again, thank you so much, Vernon, for joining us. And obviously, you know, we've got your back at all times. Yeah. Um, just to remind everybody, as I said, we know we gave you guys uh, two quick podcasts uh, in a very short turnaround time. Um, but uh, again, if you want to listen to any of the previous shows for the flight deck, uh, you can do so by heading over to uh, alouettesflightdeck.ca, head over to Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, or Spotify. Um, also, uh, if you want to follow us on uh, social media, you can do so by following us at uh, at alouettesfldeck or cliff at cliffyd. Or myself at Repack. That's R E P P A C T. And I know that we did. And, and, and just as a teaser, for those of you who uh, who have been listening to the show as long as you have, um, I wanted to leave this at the very end of the show specifically because Cliffy actually came up with the idea to go ahead and do this episode specifically as we have done it. Because I, I, at first I was like, uh, "What do you want to do?" But after Cliff explained it to me, which I'll get Cliff to be explain here in a minute before we leave, um, yeah, I, I really didn't know. I thought it, you know we were just going to do two regular podcasts, but um, but he kind of it kind of made sense on why he why we did what we did. So Cliff, for the Easter egg, explain to everybody why we did what we did for this episode. All right. Well, this is episode eighty three. Now, who is our guest? Vernon Adams. What number does he currently wear? Number eight. What number is he famous for and has worn in the past? Number three. Eight, three. <gasps> oh, my God. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is in no disrespect to Stephen Adekalu, who wears actually wears number 83 for the Alouettes. We'll have him on the podcast eventually. But we decided, okay, we, we got to get Vernon on. We got to talk to him. But I don't want to just you know put it as some random thing. Like Vernon definitely deserves his own time, his own space, his own podcast episode, so to speak. So I thought, you know what? Eight three, you know, we th- that's got to be the Vernon podcast. So, in case you're wondering why it was the way it was, why we've set things up the way they are, well, that's just exactly how the stars aligned. So, yeah. this is how we decided to do it, and uh, there you go. So, when you think about this episode number eighty three, just think of our man Vernon, number eight, number three. There you go. That's it. Uh, so we will see you guys at a regularly scheduled time next week. So for everybody here at the Elowitz Flight Deck for Cliffy D. I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take off to the 
Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.